0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See
0: website for details.
1: Hello, welcome to the post-match point on the Villa View in association with Purity. And it's fair to say about maybe 20, 30 minutes ago. Neither Neil or myself were looking forward to coming on and doing this show, but an absolute dream nine minutes from, from Villa Substitutes has seen us coming on now, and we're going to enjoy ourselves now.
0: Absolutely. I uh, Full disclosure, I text Dan and I said, Dan, what's the shortest post-match point you guys have ever done? And <laughs> at that stage, I was I was looking for an in-and-out job to try and just not spread any negativity that might have been coursing through the fan base, I think, at that time, or not to exacerbate it. But um, then, of course, we should have known, then because no shots on target. And when you look to our bench and you see the likes of Keenan Davis, Trezeguet, Jacob Ramsey, it was probably just a given that we were going to have, you know, three goals scored in the last nine minutes when those yeah. three guys came on. I mean,
1: it's an ace the miracle. Isn't it? There's many, many miracles have happened over the years on Easter, but nothing like a Villa substitute masterclass. Because I, I think we've scored one goal from a substitute all season, and that was Al Ghazi's penalty against Wolves. Suddenly, two of them come on. And I've got to say, I know he
0: didn't score, but I really thought it was Keenan Davis that changed the game now. That cross in, that second, the cross in for the second goal was an absolute beaut. Absolute yeah, it really beaut. Was. It, re- it really was. He got on a lot of the ball. Like he's never going to be fleet of foot. He's never going to be, um, you know, tricky with his feet or anything like that. He is a big man, and that's 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 what his strengths are. But to get down to that byline and put put across that put that cross right into the back post, pinpoint cross, really, uh, was fantastic. There was a couple of other times where, um, you know, he trapped the ball well. Maybe he's he's getting better at trapping the ball, and 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 this might sound silly to say of a professional footballer, and I'm not having a go at him, but. Um, when the ball kind of when he traps the ball, it goes less far away from him, and and that I mean that is a compliment. It's not a, it's not a, not a dig at him or anything, but you could see that he's worked on that an awful lot, and, and and he looked good, and and I think I don't know what it was, but I think having him in there to hold the ball up brought brought Traore into the game an awful lot as well, because when he came on, it looked like we were going to go four four two, and we kind of did, but it allowed it allowed Watkins to buzz around the field a small bit more and to get into other positions. Uh, And and he gets into that back post position for his goal as well. Um, Off the back of some good work, you know, there on the other side, the fact that he didn't need to be involved in the donkey work to to kind of, in the build-up play, he was able to ghost into the back post and that's where he does his good work as well. So, you know... Yeah, credit where credit's due. Dean Smith has been panned for not making a lot of substitutions. He's been panned for not changing up the the um, the formation. He did both today. And look, let's call it as it is as well. Out of desperation, he did it, but it worked. And I think, let's talk about the third person as well. Jacob Ramsey came out. Jacob Ramsey was, like, he was deceptively strong on the ball. I, I sent you a message as well saying that there was a couple of times that his Cheek or Lamina had got the ball on one side of the field and dribbled directly across the field, like in a straight line across the field, and we couldn't knock anybody off the ball or dispossess them. Ramsey came in and he showed a small bit of steel in that midfield. And, um, you know, it was just it was just a good nine minutes, as you said, from our three substitutes.
1: I mean, it was the coin of Birmingham City phrase, it was nine minutes in Dreamworld, to be <laughs> fair, because as I say, the, da- the Easter was ruined. There's, I wasn't yeah, looking forward to my dinner even tonight. It was all, go, all going down the toilet. You you say there Smith has been panned for his use of subs, his change of system, but you did also allude to this. He had to change something because it was beyond turgid. There just nothing nothing was working. I mean, it took us 70-odd minutes to, to have a shot on target, and that was a hopeful one from range. There was just nothing, not, I'm saying nothing going for us. We We weren't doing anything, I think. Mm-hmm. For 70 minutes, Dean Smith would have been disappointed that once again the main man's not on the pitch, and just nobody was having any accountability. No one was stepping up. I do I do think once you got on the pitch, there's only so much a manager can do at times because we, we just looked a, li- a little bit lost. Midfield wasn't looking good. I, I felt it was too lightweight. I thought when Fulham broke, they're they're very mobile. I just felt they bypassed the midfield completely. But he's changed it up, and we and we did look better once we went to 4 four four two. Absolutely. Um.
0: I think that, and and I said it to you also as well, uh, and I've said it before in, in in certain aspects as well. When things aren't going well, we kind of do, we we lack leadership at times. We do lack uh, a strong leader. Um, and look, I know Mings gave away that goal, but I suppose you have to really pat him on the back as well for how much of an effort he gave to not yeah. only win the ball back, not only be in a position he shouldn't have been, but his cross back to Trezeguet was very good as well. We've been missing crosses like that. We've been trying to put them through into the quote-unquote corridor of uncertainty an awful lot, but cutting them back to the penalty areas where, where where, statistically you have a better chance of getting somebody onto the ball. And whether Ming's meant to do it or not, and you can only assume that he did, he had a perfect ball into Trezeguet there. Yes, look, his lapse of concentration for oh, the goal It was, goal, her- was it it. horrific.
1: We can it laugh was, about it now, but it was horrific. It
0: was, it was awful. It was awful. It was a sliced pass. It was lax. It was you know, he could have just threw his right foot at it. it. Literally, the only place in the field he could have hit the ball that had danger was there, you yeah. know. Um, I, I, we often talk about XG. I'd imagine Mitrovic's, Mitrovic's XG from the position where when Tyro Mings had the ball at his foot when he was just about to pass it, was minus a million. And then <laughs> the second it came off his foot, it went up to like 0.98 I'd say at that stage. So it's just it's just one of those breaks. But you know, credit where credits due, but uh, that he did get us back into the game with his assist. But obviously, look, that the, the the mistake the mistake was poor, and 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 if he is to progress, you know, if he is to progress to be this to be a leader within the team, you know, those mistakes need to kind of be kind of ironed out. I think over time.
1: Yeah, I think that's it. That's his worst one. Obviously, he's had a, a couple of rickets through the season. There was a phase where it felt like I was coming on here every week and and defending him just just. Getting and wanting people to lay off him a little bit. And I was getting ready to come on and just say, look, it's horrific. I can't dress it up. It's so, so bad. And then he goes and shows what's what's great about him. He he doesn't hide, does he? Someone in that situation, a defender, you could just hide for the rest of the game, really. Fulham didn't really attack. After that point, you could just play it safe, not get involved. But he pushed himself further at the field. And it, as you say, it was him that ended up unlocking him. Would you make like Trez? Because I thought El Ghazi didn't have a good game, as many others didn't up until up until the point of, of which we scored. When Trezegar came on, I was just expecting a little bit more of the time. But one thing he does do, well is, when he hasn't got time to think, he finishes.
0: Yeah. I do my best work when I don't have time to think about it either as well. So, you yeah. know, I think that's, that's very much a human trait. This. You don't become a professional footballer as, look, call it the highest level, the Premier League is probably the best league in the world. Uh, whether we like to, you know, you, you you can pick facets of other leagues, but the Premier League is probably the hardest league to play in, in the world. Um, so you don't kind of get to that level of play um, if you don't have something, you know, inherently in you or, or, or at least you have know, some natural ability. And, you know, sometimes natural ability just needs to shine through. You see it in golf an awful lot that... Sometimes players overthink the game, and then their game just goes to pot, and then the natural golfers just go through it as well. I think it's a sporting thing, Um fair play to him. As I said, Trezeguet Trezeguet turns up on game week twenty nine onwards. He did it last yeah. year as well. And back end of the
1: season, Trez we were talking about, weren't we? On, on WhatsApp, when back end of the season Trez turns up, defenses are in trouble.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And this could be it. Like, listen, if he if he does not fall for you know, 30, 30 weeks of the year and then comes in and drives us on to Europe. Like, he would be a cult hero if he does that because he kept us up last year with his goals, you know. So, like, much and all is, you know, we can suffer from recency bias and forget about, you know, what it's it's a what have you done for me lately thing. And I do agree with that, that there is a, a, there has to be an awful lot of that within the game because the game passes you by otherwise, that uh, he's come on, he scored two very, very good goals and uh, this might be something he might be, you know, that might kick him on as well. And hopefully it does because we desperately need some uh, inspiration from somewhere, especially if Jack is going to be out for a couple of weeks again.
1: Yeah, he's certainly got a penchant for important, vital goals. Trezeguet, he he likes to score at times when it seems all hope is gone. Let's go back to the start of the day then. You've you've just spoke about it. the murmurs, earlier on in the day that Jack wasn't going to be playing. I think everyone's just sitting there with their fingers crossed in front of the computer just or in front of the phone just hoping that they see Greedish's name on the team sheet. Obviously, it hasn't happened. He's picked up a knock yesterday in training, a, a reoccurrence we think, and he's declared himself unavailable for the game and pretty much left the training session on the spot by the sounds of things. Just first, I just want to talk about the, the reaction on social media The Dean Smith getting called a lawyer, the club getting called that they're full of lawyers. I mean, What a load of rubbish. I don't know what people expect. At the time, Dean Smith had his press conference now. Jack Grealish was going to play. He trained all week. He'd been in all the training videos, all the training images. Jack Grealish was going to play on Sunday. Now, the club don't have a press conference the day before a game. But in the training session, Jack Grealish has ended up getting injured and is ruled out of the game. It's as if people just expect the club to hold an emergency press conference and just disclose to Fulham Football Club that, yeah, our main player's not playing, lads. You've got a chance this weekend. I just some of the reactions were absolutely bizarre I have well I've never seen anything like it but Twitter doesn't surprise me a lot of times with some of the overreactions you see but I don't know what what could the club have actually done I, I honestly don't get it
0: uh, Yeah um I was one of the lucky few I was completely oblivious until the team sheet came out and I was uh I I I, I happened to be to to be to be doing a show with my my caller's Paddy and I was going Wait a minute. Where's, where's Jack, where's Jack really? The actually Patty goes, oh yeah, yeah, there was something going around in, on social media today that he was going to be out. Now, for literally, this is like a, a full moon or a blue moon type scenario where I turn off my phone and I forget to turn it back on again and I have no connection with social media and literally, that happened last night and I just had no connection with social media today. I was painting a fence to be honest with you. So, I was completely oblivious to it. So, I was literally, when I saw, my jaw hit the floor. So, um, but, I suppose maybe from that point of view, not having had the leaks, quote-unquote leaks, which I think that's probably the piece I would be a bit more um, disappointed in, the fact that things aren't being kept under wraps um uh, within the club and 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 that needs to be rooted out but I don't feel Dean Smith owes me an explanation for anything I don't feel the club or Jack really owe me an explanation for his injury um I don't feel the club owe me owe me an explanation for any player's injury I think the player is is owed a lot more from the situation than that I I I'm inc- inconsequential inconsequential as a fan with regards to knowing whether somebody is injured or not. Um I follow my team. If any of those players aren't with the team, I will still continue to follow Aston Villa. I'm not going to follow a player to another team. So so with regards to the with regards to the injuries, uh, but this is me. I can completely understand people being frustrated and wanting to know About, what's mate, the story we, but I everyone to feel like everyone
1: wants me Everyone's frustrated because everyone wants him to play because Aston yes, Villa yeah. are far far better when Jack Grealish is on the pitch, but I just think it's so over the top to be, I don't know what yeah, people I expect agree. the club to Calling Dean Smith a liar and things like that, and he needs to go lying to the fans. He's not lying to the fans. There's no way in the world that the club disclosed that information after the press conference. If he'd been unavailable before the press conference, they really think Dean Smith's going to come out, come there and say, oh, he's been great to have him in training this week, 99.9%. He's going to play. We've forgotten how, how, how good he is. It's great to have him back. He's given the whole place a lift. Do people really think that Dean Smith just comes out in a press conference and just turns into Pinocchio? What, what <laughs> do that, that think happens? Honestly, I spent the hour when the team was announced to kick off It flew boy I was just laughing At Twitter Laughing at some Of the replies I, I got Got to my tweet About the club Holding an emergency Press conference I, Honestly people Must live in a Different world To me There's just Sometimes just No realism On social media
0: Whatsoever Yeah Yeah <sighs> I think you summed it up, Dan. Really, as I say, I, I genuinely, you know, Jack will be back when he's back. Jack will be here next year. Jack will be, Jack, Jack is more important to this club fit than he is to trot him out there with his leg hanging off just for the sake of appeasing people. Uh, for me, we got the job done, albeit under turgid circumstances for a lot of the game today and uh, yeah I, I don't expect anything from Dean Smith I expect Dean Smith to do what's best for the club and to play, not to do what's best for the fans and to, to play games if he needs to and look, if he was playing games yesterday or Friday, that's fine, I'm okay with it But he wasn't there But he wasn't, yes, playing. sorry, yes he wasn't <laughs> it's, Honestly, I was,
1: I was baffled for, for an hour, as I said, I sat there with a, with a smile on my face just wondering what, what on earth was going on, so we had the team And I think few people, again, on social media, a lot of people have been calling for McGinn to play as a tent. Mm -hmm. And for the first maybe 15, 20 minutes, I thought it was good. I thought he was a a bit more involved probably in the first half. That's probably one of the few aspects of the performance I would say I enjoyed. And then by the end of the second half, he's playing as the deepest midfielder. And it was a good reminder today for everyone as well that football matches are 90-plus minutes long because, again, the overreactions when you're behind. Football, a football match is 90 minutes. Anything can happen. And I'd be a liar if I said I thought I was going to be coming on here and talking about Villa winning 3-1. But there's probably some tweets from people who look a bit stupid now midway through the game, I would imagine. It,
0: you know, the game kind of felt like up until, obviously up until realism kicked in and 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 we scored those three goals. But the game kind of felt like, you know what are the simulations you go through in Football Manager? And you're flying high at the top of the league and there's nothing that can stop you. And then all of a sudden the team at the bottom beats you 1-0. And there's no rhyme or reason. The algorithm has just decided that it's going to have a glitch in your performance. And it's going to, it's, it, it's just going to throw in a rick for your team. That's kind it of doesn't, what it's... happened to me. I'm
1: an <laughs> astute football manager.
0: Football manager. <laughs> Either that or you're never at the top of the league, one or the other. Um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but that—that uh, that sort of felt like, and then you know what? By the end of the game, it actually felt like that the algorithm had glitched in our favor. The fact that we ended up winning three-one—it was—we we could pretty much do two post-match points on it because um, there was there was no talking points of of positive note. A lot, but well, sorry, there was a few talking points of positive note up until um, up until uh, Fulham scored, and then after Fulham scored, we just kicked into gear. Um it, it was just such a strange game. But as you say, yeah, the game is 90 minutes. Um, and, you know, hopefully, like as I say, I can understand why fans probably thought that we weren't going to get back into it. And I kind of thought the same. Because uh, we hadn't done it all year. Only once against Chelsea, and that was no. going to draw. And now yeah, we've done it. Now we've got to that get our monkey, monkey
1: off, off the back. back. Great to get that monkey off the back.
0: Yeah. And also yeah. winning to... Was, was that the first time that we had... Conceded and gone on to win a game barred Liverpool game. Am I right in saying yeah. that? I got, you might be right there,
1: but it's, it's certainly the first time in a long time that we've come from behind I've, and won. I've got a feeling this, I mean, this is off the top of my head, so it could be really wrong and I'm missing something really obvious here, but I'm pretty sure Watford at home before yeah. COVID was the last time we went on and, and won a game from, from behind. That, that, be feels, right. that feels right. That feels like it, it's right in my head. I'm sure someone can correct me in the live chat.
0: It, I'm going it, to take it, your word for it, Dan, because you can remember players from the 90s. You can remember what their squad yeah, number was. So. That's useless, though. That's no good for anyone. That's no good for anything.
1: <laughs> what I will say is my wife went out when we were 1-0 down with me slumped in the chair. She decided she was going to go for a walk. I, I was in a real bad mood. She was probably dreading coming back home. She's not come back home yet. She will not believe the Villa 1-3 one <laughs> when she comes back. And now someone's actually knocking on the door, which I'm a bit confused about because I told her to take a key. So I'm okay. just going to I do nothing. I'm going to assume that some someone at the door isn't important. So we'll let, we'll, we'll leave it for now. I, can't, yeah. I mean, I'm live on YouTube. So there's not much I can do about answering <laughs> the door at this stage. <laughs> Unfortunately, the dog and the rabbits aren't trying to go and open the door. So there's going
0: to be absolutely nothing I can do about that. We'll just I, hope I, it's nothing important. I'll sing if you want. I'll sing a song for three or four minutes if you want. So you can go answer the door. <laughs> no, no. He
1: can't. And I could go and look at the ring doorbell live on air, but I'm gonna again I'm gonna assume it's nothing important and just leave it for now. What else should we talk about? What what, what else happened in the game? Any anything that can obviously I imagine there was plenty of things that concerned you for a long time. But is there anything long term that concerns you from the game?
0: Yeah. I think I still I still think the biggest thing that concerns me long term is um the lack of leadership up the field. Uh, we get we give away so many silly fouls, like very silly fouls. like like players gone past us and you leave a little hip in there or leg in there. Uh Sanson was was guilty of it a couple of times. Uh, Douglas Louise was guilty of it a couple of times. And um, uh, Bertrandrore is just guilty of it so many times. but i and I think that's from frustration. I think that's because things aren't clicking up up the field as well. but, I would really like to see somebody to to adopt that leadership mantle uh, further up the field um to, to to try and keep people together. Um Ali Watkins, I think, could be that guy, but you know, he's so disjointed from everybody just due to the position that he plays. he's he's quite far away from an awful lot of the rest of the midfielders because the fact that midfielders are are up and down the field, especially in a four 3 3 that that it's uh, it, it would be just it would be something that would be nice that if somebody could just you know, um gather players around them and become that almost uh, Roy Keaton type, Gareth Barry type in the middle of midfield that kind of glues things together from a mental point of view. Uh, that's probably the only thing that 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 I think I've been, uh, it, it's something that's that's been going on since pretty much the 1st of January, and it's it's not getting any better up there, but it's not, it's not getting any worse, but it's not getting any better either at the same time. And I, I'd like to maybe see a little bit of a change up there too with regards to just somebody being appointed almost a second captain up there to... To, to to try and keep things going without jacking the team, obviously. But um, I was w- one thing I did like was that we gave up the ghost in trying to get to the byline to cross the ball an awful lot. Um, I'm not a fan of that with regards to the strikers and the forward players that we have trying to get on the end of the ball. Uh, I think it puts an awful lot of pressure on them, and and it puts a lot of pressure on them to find space with the defenders so close to the goalkeeper. Uh, what I did see was that Cash and, and target were crossing the balls from deep, and they were kind of more art, like almost Ahmed and Mohamedy crosses is what I'm going to call him, because that's what he does all the time. Uh, and it just gives a chance for a striker or defender to get in behind the, uh, sorry, a striker or a midfielder to get in behind the defenders, should I say. Um, little things like that in the first half I like from a tactical point of view. Saying that, our two goals that we got were from the byline, you know, from Keenan Davis and from Tyrone Mings. So, but... But, like, I think on a, on, in the main, I think over the last couple of games, especially Sheffield United and um, and against Spurs, you know, getting to the byline and just floating crosses in there, expecting Ali Watkins to get on them, doesn't really work. I think uh, there needs to be a small bit of, of more of a game plan with crossing. And I think today we did come out with early crosses to try and get people in at the back post a bit more, which I liked. And, and hopefully we see that going forward. Yeah, nice to get a couple of, go- well, actually, three goals from crosses in, in, in the
1: end, wasn't it? Which is a, different, a variety of crosses there. One of them, obviously, from Davis, was a, was a bit of a hanger. I still think midfield's a, a massive problem, I think. It's a bit early for Sanson. It's, it's certainly early to, to be writing him off, but I'm not sure he's quite ready for the rough and tumble of the Premier League j- just yet. He looks neat, neat and tidy, but he's just not quite there at the moment. I was concerned at one point that Louise was going to get a, a red card. Mm. I thought he was a walking second yellow for, for a, young, a, a long period of the game. I was quite happy at one point when I saw Nakamba was about to come on because I felt it was something that we perhaps needed in there against Fulham's mobile midfield, and I felt they were just bypassing our midfield completely. But long term, I think there's a problem with physicality in mid in midfield. We're a, we're a small team generally, and I think we are missing that that combative competitive sorry midfielder in there at, t- at times I think today was a game where you really needed a bit more of a, a physical presence and I think Fulham aren't even the biggest and most physical side in the world but I thought we struggled to live with them for a long period of the game so I think in the summer that's something I, w- I want to see rectified because I think the mi- we're a bit too lightweight overall I would say I think we need a couple more physical players in there now.
0: Oh big style big style yeah it's, it's, it's my biggest thing that I'm, I'm, I'm calling for uh, more reinforcements in midfield being in a situation whereby, like, like I, I would have said up until maybe about three or four games ago, I would have said, yeah, we're we'll concentrating two white people, white players, a striker, maybe one midfielder. I think we need two, if not three midfielders. Um, and I'm not saying they all need to be starters. You know, I think that we need to have complements in midfield. Um, and saying that, you know, the emergence of Jacob Ramsey probably takes one of those guys off the table from, a, from a, um a, a transfer point of view, but yeah, it's interesting that Fulham had Angrisa on the bench today and didn't see fit to use him. He would be somebody that a lot of people have, t- have spoken about with being that guy that Villa should look for. Villa were linked with a player from RC Lawrence as well, uh, Czech Ducari. Uh, here he is, here
1: he check, is, is We know
0: and love. I'm putting my money where my mouth he is instead of just saying where saying that I want to sign these players, but check him out. Villa have been linked with him a couple of times, um, previously. He's only, I think, he's only about 2021. 20, Genuinely, all I see is Patrick Vieira when I look at him. So tell me if I'm insane or not, but um, he is huge, and, and and he is he's he's up there. He's he's my three people that I want to Villa to site uh, this summer, but. You know it's kind of fantasy stuff when you start looking at players from other leagues because you just never know what way the transfer philosophy is going to go if it's going to go in that direction if they're going to take a chance again maybe look outside the premier league or look outside england because um you know obviously last year they brought in maddie cash from the lower division or from the the division below should i say they brought and i watkins from the division below they didn't really do too much fishing outside of the, the pond of, of british football and um, previous year, obviously, they did with the Belgian um, recruitment drive. So you just never know what way it's going to go uh, with with uh, with recruitment. Now that Johan Lange is in there, and maybe that's why they stayed within the British pool is because Lange came in and he didn't have time to implement. that's
1: no, valid
0: and I think that's probably why. But I'm really looking forward to this transfer window, and you know, the, Europe is Europe is uh, is literally it's it's a it's a field ripe to be sown at the moment. For our right to be to 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 reap the rewards of it at the moment, because there's lots of good work going on and going on there, and teams are strapped for cash with COVID at the moment, so why not go and plunder team players like Viktor Chankov from uh, from Dynamo Kiev is absolutely wonderful. Like he's just literally wonderful. Whether he gets on in the Premier League, I don't know. Our Czech or our players like that, but all will be seen. And I spoke. Can we over the, the Premier League table.
1: <laughs> Can we get it back up? Can we get the cyber back up, please, Adam? Yeah, there he is. There's Adam's back. It's not John Insley. So we're not having the interview play. Sorry, the intro play, mid-show. We've got we've got Adam back. Yep, yeah. I mean, that looks nice and healthy for me now. I want to stay ahead of Arsenal and Leeds. That that's what I want. I think if we finish ahead of them, we'll be somewhere around eighth or ninth, which I think I'd be pr- pretty happy with, especially as we've come in off the back of a sticky period. Bit annoying that next week Liverpool have decided that now is the time to to get some form back. So we've got them next week. At Anfield, though, it is Anfield generally where, where they've struggled. They have still been picking up wins away from home as, as they did last night, but it's good to be going back into that game with, with a win now because I'd, I'd have feared for us if we hadn't have taken anything again today, going go to Anfield, Jota, back in the yeah. back in the Liverpool midst and back, back on form. I think it would have been a struggle at least now. We're going into that game with, with a, bit, a bit of confidence and hopefully a bit of momentum, which we haven't had for a few weeks.
0: I think the question needs to be asked: Are, are Liverpool a one-man team with Diego Jota? Yeah, um, I think that's a that's, that's a fair question. I think yeah, um, obviously tongue-in-cheek there, but he's he's on, he's sparkling form. He's top player in the Premier League at the moment. I would say I would put him first team as
1: well, which is always good news. I put him in. Took a risk and he paid off.
0: I need to set an alarm to change my fantasy team. I haven't say I haven't changed it since no, October. You know, I just I usually pick my in and just see what happens. Oh,
1: yeah. well, I just say I would have thought you'd have been right on fantasy football, making fifteen transfers per week in your team, not not messing around. I would have said you'd have been you'd have been right on the FPL.
0: No, I think I think it's the fact that a thousand other players can have the same player, same te- exact same team as you. And I think I got done dirty once where I was in second, and the guy who was in first just kept on picking the exact same team as me. Um, every weekend, I, 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 there was just no way to kind of circumvent him, you know, other than captain changes and so on. So the draft fantasy Premier League is actually going yeah, it's to good. I'd league. like to get, but I didn't do that this year. I'd like,
1: I'd like to do that because I think that that's got the scope to be yeah. more, more interesting. To be fair, you haven't got the time for fantasy football because you're too busy doing your general scouting work for Aston Villa football. Say, <laughs> say, so, so, no, you want to get in, in the that. transfer window? But Neil, it's been a a pleasure to have you on. Thank God we've actually come on and had a happy chat because, as I Mm -hmm. say, at one point it was looking like it was going to be a a disaster class from Villa and then horrible coming on and having to try and pick out positives and try and defend people because I think it would have been really, really hard to do. Quick word for our sponsors, Purity Ale, who continue to sponsor us and do continue to give us a 10% code as well. If you use the code hashtag Villaview, you'll get 10% off all their beer and Villa goodies. I've managed to find a can in the back of the cupboard that I didn't know I had. So that's good. That's good. I'll be I'll be celebrating with that later. Lovely, lovely stuff. And it's got the Villa badge on the front, so it's just brilliant. So go on the Purity Store. You get Villa glasses, Villa kegs, Villa cans, other stuff as well. Go and have a look and treat yourself because Villa have got three points. There'll be a match preview from the Villa View back in the week at some point. Neil will be doing his For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast as well. So if you only watch Neil on the Villaview, make sure you're watching him on his own podcast as well because it's very, very good. And Neil's a, a very, very good guy to have on this show. He's, he's honed his craft of, for the love of Paul McGrath. So we get him on here as well because we enjoy talking to him. Also got post match point as well next week. A Saturday three pm kickoff, which is an absolute scene. I can't remember the last time there was one of them. Feels weird that we play Liverpool and they give us a three pm kickoff. I bet I bet Liverpool haven't played at three pm for a year either. That's really really weird. So there'll be a post match point for that as well. Have a good rest of the Easter break. Thank you very much for watching Up
0: the Villa. Sports Social Podcast Network